great day that day. And uh, we just uh, believe in God to meet us. Amen. In a special way. All right. Exodus. Exodus chapter 13. If you have your Bibles and would turn with us to verse number 17. Exodus 13 verses 17 through 22. And when you come to your place, if you would stand with us tonight as uh, we get here into the Word of God. Amen. We are going to take a look here at, uh, at some of the things happening for the children of Israel in this exodus out of the land of Egypt. Believe the Lord to help us tonight to speak to our hearts. Amen. Exodus 13, starting at verse number 17. If you're there with me, would you say amen? All right. The Bible here says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, I want you to notice this, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. To lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. To go by day and night, he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Amen. We find here, and maybe for some this is a familiar text, and it's certainly not something that I've not preached out of before at different times, but in this I want you to understand is that there is uh, some significant things that are mentioned here, and I believe that God would want to reveal to our hearts tonight as God was navigating and leading the children of Israel in their exodus, their exit out of Egypt. And we find here there are some significant things that are mentioned. Said that he did not lead them the way through the land of the Philistines. But rather that he had led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And tonight if I can for just a few moments I'm just going to preach on uh, just this uh, little thought here and You have probably, if you have uh, used any kind of uh, uh, technology regarding navigation, uh, you have probably seen this come up on your screen before, and I'm just going to preach on rerouting. Amen. Rerouting. Praise the Lord. Sunday, 
or it might have been last Wednesday. Sister Gwen will have to help me remember. But she gifted me a map of the United States. And I, uh, I have a little collection of maps, and I've, I've got maps of Jamaica, I've got maps of Honduras, I've got maps of Texas and Europe and, and uh, uh, Missouri and uh, Illinois and all of those different things. I've got a little collection. I like uh, old maps and things of that nature. And she had told me, she said, Brother Jacob, she said, it's, harder to, it's getting harder to come by uh, these maps because everybody now is using technology. And uh, the other day, I uh, went against Sister Siri's advice as she was trying to tell me where to go. And she told me a couple things, said, exit here and turn around, exit here and turn around. And finally, the more I ignored her, Sister Brenda, she finally said, rerouting, rerouting. And we're going to look at this tonight. Can you help us to pray? Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your word. I pray that you would challenge our hearts. Speak to us. Deal with us, Lord, from your word. Give us ears to hear and a heart to understand and know you. Father, I pray that you would speak clearly, candidly to us. And Lord, we lean upon you for your help and your anointing. And I pray, meet us in these altars tonight. We do thank you for it. And truly, we do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Simply rerouting. You see, the thing about serving God and, and following after Him, following His will and His direction and, and His purpose and plan. You know, we, there's these various things we can, we can talk about and we have preached very extensively over uh, different courses of time about uh, as we pursue and know God's will or there's different times we have preached and talked about things and finding and following after his purpose or places and things at times that God will maneuver and do things that in the moment doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the moment it seems like God is doing things that actually if, if he were to ask our opinion about it, it would seem that maybe God is uh, complicating some things. Amen. I know tonight, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand to admit this, because the truth is, it's 100% unanimous in this building. All of us have been in places, positions, and trying to navigate our way, things we've been praying about, situations we need God's direction in, places that we are leaning upon him. Amen. I don't know if you noticed the theme of song service as Sister Carolyn was leading, uh, talking about leaning upon the Lord and trusting him. And, and uh, I, I don't say anything to her about uh, what I'm ever going to preach on. It's very rare if I do. Uh, but uh, as we are leaning and trusting and following his leading, all of us have had our opinions. All of us have had the thought uh, that if God would 
give me the say so. I think in this particular situation, in this particular way, I uh, have a better plan. I think that we could save some time here. God, if you'd just do this, uh, it would uh, it would work out this way. Now, uh, like I said, I'm not asking you to confess, but all of us, we have shared God's plans. You've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. Someone once said that if you want to make God laugh, tell Him your plans. Amen. Just share with Him your plans. And you will get God laughing. Amen. And let God share His plans and His way with you. And you might find yourself like Sister Sarah in the Bible. When the the Bible said that the Lord had said, Oh, about the time of life you're going to have a son. And Sarah well past her years and abilities to bear children uh, biologically uh, as far as they knew. but And she laughed within herself. And the Lord even asked said, why is it that you laugh? Amen. She denied it, but yet he knew and she knew that she did. Because there are some things that God will do and God speaks and it might cause you to chuckle. It might cause you to think there's no way. I don't see how this will come to fruition. I don't know how this is going to come to pass. And tonight can I just say throughout the day today I wrestled. I wrestled with the thought. I wrestled with what God would want to speak and deliver to our hearts here tonight. And I can't help but believe that as he began to continually point me to this and remind me of this passage of scripture that there isn't someone or there are others, several that are in here tonight that maybe you're at a point, you're at crossroads you have some decisions to make, there are some ways that you're trying to navigate and follow God's will, you're trying your best to lean upon him you want to trust him in the given situation, you are trying to walk out by faith and follow every step in agreement in accordance with his word and I'm glad you are I'm glad that's your heart's desire but it does not mean it doesn't come with some challenges it does not mean that it doesn't come with some moments of uncertainty it does not mean that it doesn't come with some scenarios as to where you stop and say God what are we doing and for God to tell you and to share with you and he I believe smiles at and says we are rerouting we are we are changing course we're doing some things a little bit different you don't understand it right now you can't comprehend it right now it may not make the most sense right now but it is for your best and it is also ultimately for my glory hallelujah what you understand tonight There are some things here that I want you to recognize. As they have, we find that Pharaoh's heart now has been broken. He has lost his son as the death angel has moved through Egypt. He has told Moses and the children of Israel said, You you folks get on out of here. I want you to go. And so as a result, as Pharaoh had let the people go, We find that God miraculously 
miraculously provides for the children of Israel to exit out of Egypt. I won't go into all of the things that were transpiring, but the Bible tells us, and I believe there was some supernatural work and wonder that was going on. We find there are some things that were happening. Did you know if you were to go back and read and see some of the specifics in their exit, the Bible says the Egyptians, they... they, they, Basically, if you will, uh, they covered the cost of their exit. What do you mean by that? The Bible says that there was giving them gold and giving them silver. They would pull jewelry from their bodies and give it to them. And they were, the, the Egyptians gave that to them on their way out. The Bible also says that every one of those Israelites walked out of Egypt. I believe there was supernatural work there. Amen health and strength and bodies that they were able to go not one that was wounded or hurting but on their way out of there and these are things that could be discussed or talked about or preached on at another time but we see here that God was miraculously making way the plagues that had hit Egypt these were not just for Pharaoh and the Egyptians to fear God or to face the judgment of God but very much I also believe the plagues were there for the Israelites to see that God was powerful that God was speaking and working through Moses as God had told Moses when Moses said when I go in there how in the world and I'm paraphrasing how in the world do I convince all of them to follow me out how are we going to get Pharaoh to agree agree to let him go And, and God had told Moses from that burning bush he said you just tell them the I am that I am have sent you and in other words you let me take care of it you let me be God you let me be sovereign and I will see to it that they are taken out of there under my power under my leadership and by way as you as a vessel I tonight want to remind somebody in this house that that first and foremost, no matter how we think we've been rerouted, no matter with what we may not understand in the moment, it does not change the fact that God is still who He said He is. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Your situations and circumstances may be changing by the minute, but God does not change. He remains faithful and powerful and capable in every situation in every situation there are some times that the only thing you need to know is that God can and God is there are times that the only thing we can rest in is his sovereignty he is sovereign And can I say that we must decide that we are going to let God be sovereign. Amen. It is very easy to set and to say that we trust Him. We believe Him. We're going to to follow Him. We're going to serve Him. And it is completely different when it comes out of our lips and then when you are confronted with some things that you are wondering where God is, what God is doing, and why are we going the long way about it. Amen.
These are challenges, challenges that we all face. I want you to notice the Bible here says that God led them. These three words, God led them. This was not, yes, Moses was representative. Moses was ambassador. Moses was a representative of God and a spokesman for God. We see that. We understand that. I know that you do. However, I want you to know that what Moses was doing is Moses. The Word of God tells us there was none that was was more meek than Moses. And in his meekness and humility, he yielded himself to God. We find over and over over again in the history of the Israelites in the wilderness uh, that Moses was put in some if you will some controversial situations uh, in places as to where maybe his reputation would have been compromised uh, times that they would have not trusted him but we find that Moses had said I'm going to follow his leading and if God says go this way this is the way we're going to go if God says do it like this this is how we're going to do it as a matter of fact Moses had dealt with God's judgment when he went against what God had said he would do of how to do and how to behave and we look at these things but we come to see the Bible here says God led them but I want you to notice it says he led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines listen to this Although that was near. Although, Brother Darren, that would have saved some time. Although that way looked more convenient. Although that way seemed a whole lot more appealing than going through the wilderness. Why would God bypass what was seemingly, Brother Eddie, the easy way? Why would he not take advantage of the shortcut? He's God. Surely he knew. Absolutely he knew. Absolutely he knew it was shorter. Absolutely he knew that there could be time taken off. But here is the thing is that I want us to understand. And that God would want us to understand. Is that sometimes in your situation and mine. There has to be a supernatural work and a process that is done. And there are things in our lives. Things for your family. Things for your emotions. Things for your spirit things in your walk with God that cannot take shortcuts. Cannot. I know that goes against the grain because as I was talking about the technology of navigation and that term rerouting, there are also some of you sitting in here that when your navigation device tells you you will arrive in two hours, you say, watch me. I'm going to do an hour and a half easy. I know, let, me just, let me just say this. God rest his soul. I loved, loved my father-in-law with all my heart. He was, I mean, just like a father to me. And, uh, and, and such, so many impactful moments in my life. But I'm going to tell you this right here. And I'd tell, I'd tell you this if he was sitting right there in that pew. And it's this, some of my most frustrating moments was taking road trips with my father-in-law. 
He did not believe. He thought for sure, Sister Brenda, that those, that those tools of navigation, he said, you can't trust them. I've heard him call them the devil. I mean, I've heard him. I've seen him in his anger turn them off. I've seen as to where he thought he knew better. He thought he knew better, Sister Cindy, only for hours to be added on, added on to the trip. Let me just tell you right now, if you're in a with a man like that God will develop some patience in your life in a hurry come on here I never rebuked him I never, I never offered rebuttal there was times you know I'd suggest say Papa you know what the map says it. I know but she's wrong am I lying Sister Carolyn? No there was one particular uh, trip they were going to Mississippi to attend the funeral of a friend and and uh, he had received a phone call Sister Carolyn was driving and her map had given her an alternate route and all it was doing was taking her around construction and then it would dump her back off onto the highway well while he was on the phone she had taken that taken that route and when he got off the phone and looked up he looked at her and he said what in the world are you doing and she said I'm, I'm following the map he said no this is the wrong way he said there's only this way that you can go to get there and he said I don't know what you did and she said but this is what the, this is what she said to do and he said you can't trust that thing I hear a few amens under the breath there and as a result, she was there and said, you know, it was a moment of intense fellowship. And she just kept on going. Well, over a little bit of time, sure enough, they dumped back out on the highway. But his fear was this. This was his frustration. He said, if something happens, I don't know how to get us back to the place we need to go. You see, sometimes we are frustrated and we are fearful because we think it depends upon us to fix it when we are in unfamiliar territory. Fear will get a hold of you the moment that you are off the beaten path. Off the things that you had seen. The markers that you knew. The familiarity. There's things that you know. You know if there's trips that you make. Brother and Sister Gold. They're from the same area of Missouri that I came out of. And, and uh, you take a trip like that. You're on the road 10 hours or more. There's certain places. Certain landmarks. Certain. You make a trip long enough. You know the best places to get fuel. The cleanest bathrooms. The best hotels if you're going to stay the night. Maybe one of your favorite places to eat along the way. You just learn it over the course of time. But there are some times and there are moments when there's barriers, there's constructions, roads are closed. Things are going on and you got to go a different way. And a little bit of panic, a little bit of frustration to say I'm losing sight of all the things that are familiar. But I want to tell you tonight, God will dim the sights in your life that seems so familiar to get you on a path that says I want you to be familiar with my way my word, my promise there's some things I want you to get familiar with and the only way for me to do that is to take you away from the things you are familiar with the way you've always went what you've always done 
Here's what God knew. We see this because we're reading the scripture. They didn't understand this at the time. He said, although the way through the land of the Philistines was near, God said, if we were to go that way, the people will see war. What did that mean? The Philistines would rise up against them. And let me tell you, God knows what we are ready and what we are not ready for. God is very keenly aware of what you are ready and not ready for. And so in regards to this, the word of God says that if they were to see war, he says they would repent. In other words, that means they would change their mind. And what would they do? They would go back to Egypt and they would settle for slavery the rest of their lives. Because they would come up against an enemy, come up against a moment as to what they were not able to handle or they were not familiar with. I want you to understand is that we have too quickly adopted the mentality because the church age today, we have always been geared that if you pray, God's going to say yes. If you just pray about it. And matter of fact, there are decisions all of us make. And we try to spiritualize decisions. And let me say this. There are some decisions we know that we're making that are not right decisions. But we spiritualize it because we tag it and say, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. I feel okay about it. It seems alright. It's okay. And there's red flag after red flag. There's all kinds of things going on. God's speaking. God's dealing. God's saying, pay attention to what's going on. But because it seems right, feels right, looks right, and is seemingly familiar, and it's something the way that we want it, we pursue it. But in this, what we have to understand is that there are things that I thank God he said no to. I thank God he closed some doors on. I thank God that I didn't walk through it when I thought, Sister Kelly, I should. And even though it was unfamiliar, even though I was seemingly uncomfortable, and I didn't know, God knew, Sister Wanda, what I was ready for and what I wasn't ready for. You have to understand is that, like I said, we spiritualize certain things because we say that we've prayed about it. But what I want you to understand is that God, because we are so conditioned that all prayers are answered yes, and that's not the truth. God says no because he loves us. Here's another word God says that we don't like very much. He says, wait. Just wait a minute. We, we get on our kids. You want to whip your kids and get on to them when they throw a, tantr- a temper tantrum because they didn't get what they wanted when they wanted it. Right? Tobin and Lindy, you don't tolerate that at home, right? Please say no. Okay, all right. Don't tolerate that at home. We're not, you're not going to throw a fit. not going to throw yourself in the floor and carry on because it didn't happen when you wanted it to. Right? But yet, we as adults, we will do that with God over and over again. 
And we have many people who believe because we've been so conditioned that God should say yes. Always say yes. I prayed about it. God loves me so he'll always say yes because I prayed about it. But to understand in the, in the fact is that because God, if, if it doesn't go our way, now because we believe all of that, we tend to think that God is against us and he's not fair And he hates us or doesn't love us if it doesn't work out that way. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. As a matter of fact, that is a a, a terrible lie from hell that is believed by so many. People sitting on our pews and you're discontented in your walk with God. And you have grudges and grievances. And I I know how this is going to sound because you're going to say, no, no, I don't do that. But we do. You've got grudges and grievances against God because you think he's unfair. And so so therefore you dig your heels in and you develop a I'll show you attitude. And you get rebellious in areas. And therefore you'll start forcing your way into the land of the Philistines. And then we want to cry and holler when we're about to die. Hear your pastor tonight. Be careful about doors you're trying to kick open. Be careful about things you're so frustrated about. Be careful about things that you think this is how it's got to be. And look and pay attention what's going on. And maybe you might hear God say, hold tight. I'm rerouting you. I know this is a shortcut. I know it seems like this is everything you wanted. I know this is what you think you should do. But I'm rerouting you because I see Philistines. I see war. I see death. And I see that it will cause you to go back into bondage. We can sit here and we can sing all day long. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. And I've seen people turn back because they lost out when they tried to force some things to happen and it didn't work the way they wanted it to work. Got themselves caught up in things. Things that they had had. Stepped away from. God delivered them out of. Let me tell you something. God sees what the enemy is capable of. And I want you to know this. The enemy's desire for you is always to kill, steal, and listen to this, destroy. Destroy. Think about that word. To obliterate. To make nothing of. To wipe you out. Hear me. We think that we can tiptoe and lollygag and kind of, you know, tread close to certain things. No, you can't. It'll get you. It'll kill you. It'll bring demise to you and your family. I don't say this with arrogancy or pride. I don't say this with a haughty spirit. But tonight I could easily show you 10, 15, 20 or more families. And I could take you to the front door. And moms and dads that were not willing to follow God. Though the way was long and arduous. They were looking for shortcuts. And not only brother Mike did it affect them and ruin them. But it ruined their children. And their family. And you know what? And that ripple effect went on and it affected their grandchildren that are now a part of their family. 
I'm here to tell you, be careful. Because there are some things that God is saying, I'm rerouting and I'm navigating, but I'm doing this for your safety and for your good. He said, I know this is shorter. He said, but there are some things a shortcut is not worth it. But Brother Jacob, I'm tired. I'm wore out. This is hard. What are we going to do when we get to the Red Sea? We, surely we can try our best to get through the land of the Philistines. And matter of fact, I, but we know that in the wilderness, the Israelites, they were well known for one thing, weren't they? Complaining. Always complaining. And complaining about there was somebody, I'm sure, always in Moses' ear saying, I, 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 I think there's a better way. I think there's a better way. I think we ought to do it this way. Or, or another phrase we love to say, we ain't never done it this way before. What are you doing? And I believe, Brother Darren, it started, the Bible says that they encamped at the edge of the wilderness. Before they stepped full-fledged into it and would begin their journey, God brought them to the place and encamped them there and said, you're going to go through this way by the way of the Red Sea. But Brother Tobin, here are some things that are the truth. God kept them from the Philistines, kept them from war, kept them from going back into bondage. And what God did do is He showed Himself powerful. And there was a generation of people who saw things in the wilderness that have never been seen or experienced since. Miraculous provision. Supernatural ways that were made. Things that were done in their bodies, their very clothes. The food that literally was delivered daily to the door of the tent. And the Bible says by this, and I want you to notice, is, is, that, is that once, once then, I'm fast forwarding, but once they got into the promised land, guess what happened? The manna stopped. The quail quit showing up. Water wasn't gushing from rocks anymore. Their clothes wore out and their shoes got old. All of these things, and we don't have time to cover it all, but these were all supernatural manifestations of God's presence and power in the wilderness. The way He provided, the way that He made a way. Listen, even though you go through the wilderness and you go through some hard places in the Red Sea, and you go through some various situations, what it does is when God reroutes and says, we're going to do it this way, He is going to be sure that in all of this, He gets the glory. And can I tell you, it glorifies Him when He is providing and meeting your need. Moving on your behalf. Doing things that some would scratch their head and say, How in the world is that possible? Swallowed up Pharaoh and his horsemen in the Red Sea. Took care of enemies. I mean, the list goes on and on. But here's one thing that the scripture ends with is this. Brother Dan, if you'll come. Sister Carolyn. The Bible says this as it talks about that they were there at the edge of the wilderness. God sends the pillar of cloud and he also provides the pillar of fire. It was a constant reminder, whether day or night, that God was leading them. Going before them. That his presence was abiding. 
that he was going to lead the way. And what they had to do, all they had to do was follow that cloud. Follow that fire. If it went left, they went left. If it went right, they went right. Can I say tonight, friends, I know that maybe your situation's complicated. I know you might feel the pull of a thousand different directions. I know there may, not, there may be some things right now that you'd say, Brother Jacob, I wish certain things were so easy. But let me say this, be careful not to overcomplicate it. Be careful not to miss the things that God has put right before you to lead you. To lead you. One of the things that was beautiful about that cloud during the day, not only did it provide direction, did you know that in the wilderness there is the unrelenting sun? The Word of God in the book of Psalms, Sister T, talks about hiding under the shadow of the Almighty. A shadow, that's right. And as a result of that cloud, it provided that shade. If you look at the term shadow there, it refers to the same term as used for shade. It provided a covering for them. At night in the desert, though the daytime is relentless heat, the dichotomy of the desert is, is in the night it could get very cold. Very dark. Brother Eli, wild animals and predators out there. If you know anything, you ever grew up in rural rangers, knew anything, one of the first things you do, you go to camp, you build a what? Fire. You build a fire. Provides light in darkness. Keeps predatory animals away. Provides warmth. You see, the whole time in this, it wasn't just direction, but God was also meeting other needs as a result as they followed after Him. Brother Coleman, through the wilderness by way of the Red Sea, it was not the popular route. It was not the shortest route. But it was the route that for generations to come, their children's children's children could go back and look and they could ask what does this mean and what was this and what took place here and they could testify and they knew that if God had met them there, if God kept them there that even going into the promised land and every other obstacle, every other enemy they would ever face, he would make a way is there anybody here That you've been in some situations sometimes that you were kicking and screaming against what God wanted to do. But you yielded. You went ahead. You did it. And now on the other side of it, you look back and you say, thank God for it. Thank God. He was merciful. He was good to me. He was faithful to me. Don't have such a short-term memory that you forget those things. And know that he's still the same. He's still working. Still making a way.
We're rerouted sometimes, but that's not because God doesn't know what He's doing. On the contrary, it's because He knows exactly what He's doing, but He's rerouting and He maneuvers things because it's for our, our good and on our behalf for His glory. Can we bow our heads tonight? Father, I thank you for every heart and life represented. And Lord, tonight you know the specifics of every situation. Lord, you know the decisions that are being made. And you know the obstacles that families are up against. Lord, tonight you very well know the things that have shaken the very foundations of faith in some people's lives. There are frustrating moments and there are things that seem so long and out of the way and it seems difficult. And sometimes, Lord, we're wanting, we're, we're praying for shortcuts and we're praying for it to end and we're praying for a break and we're praying for all of the things to where it doesn't seem so difficult. But, Lord, there are some things that you're working and developing and putting in us and pulling out of us. You've provided a way to lead us. There's miracles that you want to show and things that you want to do. You've set before us faithfulness and consistency, goodness and mercy. And Lord, let us make up our minds that we're going to follow after that. Lord, you've provided for us every step of the way. And tonight, everybody in this building, we can all testify. We can see where you opened doors and made a way. And there's things today that we have and enjoy And have experienced because it was something that we were praying for. And it was hard then, but you made a way. Let us not forget you're still the same God. Circumstances might seem bigger, scarier, harder, more challenging. But you're still the same. And tonight, Lord, I pray. If you're rerouting, if you're changing some dynamics, if you're dealing with hearts, I pray tonight let us be tender and sensitive to your pull, to your direction, to your tug. Let us know that we know that we're following after your will, following your plan and your purpose. Tonight, church, whatever the case might be, whatever the decisions to be made, whatever the thing that you're praying through and going through at the moment, Whatever it is that you're trying to navigate with the Lord's help. And maybe there's some surrender that needs to happen on your end. Maybe there's some trust that needs to be reestablished. Maybe there needs to be another make sure that you're connected and plugged in to His presence, to His Word. And that it gets you past all of the distracting moments. But you know beyond the shadow of a doubt what He's directing and leading you to do. Why don't we tonight... Come and find ourselves a place around these altars. Why don't you come and present it to Christ? He already knows it. He sees where you're at. He knows the decisions you're fighting. He knows the things that got to be done. He knows the things that are waging war against your mind and your heart. He is aware of all of these situations. But tonight, can we trust Him? Tonight, can we say, Lord, I know you love me enough to reroute me. I know there's some things tonight I don't quite understand. I know there's some things tonight that are seemingly frustrating. There's some things tonight. Lord that I'm up against and I'm warring against but Lord I'm going to trust you and I'm going to believe you in this situation Lord I'm going to lean upon you oh Lord help me 
Help me, Lord. Oh, as I follow, as I trust you, Jesus.